0: Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. it down news of the day, none other than, than Dina Saeed law and crime legal analyst and a remarkable person. Should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Donald Trump, former president of the United States, has said the unthinkable. Well, he thought the unthinkable, I don't know. He can declassify by just thinking something is declassified. That's what he told Sean Hannity. I will break down why he said this, how it plays into his legal defense potentially and the DOJ has received a ruling from a federal court in their favor. Here's Donald Trump explaining to his good friend Hannity, how he has massive brain power and can declassify by way of thought, here it is.
1: So let me ask you this question because I think this is the next logical question. Because the President of the United States, you unlike say Hillary Clinton in her case, a president has the power to declassify. Correct. Okay, you had said on Truth Social a number of times you did de- declassify. I did declassify, yes. Okay, well, is there a process? What was your process to declassify? It doesn't have to be a process, as Go I ahead. understand it. You know, There's different people say different right. things, but as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the President of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it. Because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You're the president, you make that decision. So when you send it, it's declassified. We, I declassified everything. Now I declassified things and we were having a lot of problems with NARA. You know, NARA is a radical left group of people running that thing. And when you send documents over there, I would say there's a very good chance that a lot of those documents will never be seen again. There's also, a lot of speculation because of what they did, the severity of the FBI coming and raiding Mar-a-Lago. Were they looking for the Hillary Clinton emails that were deleted, but they are around someplace? Were they looking for the- well, Wait, you're saying you had it? Did, did no, no, they may be saying, they uh, may have thought that it that was in did. there. Okay. And a lot of people said the only thing that would give the kind of severity that they showed by actually coming in and raiding with many, many people is the Hillary Clinton, Deal, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. Or, I mean, there are, there are a number of things, the spying on Trump's campaign. So
0: they spy to my campaign. Wow, let me count the ways here. Okay, first of all, he says that he can actually declassify by way of thinking. It is declassified. This is a power, obviously, by the president or, or that the president of the United States has. We've never heard this before. One thing about Donald Trump, he comes up with lies that we never even considered. So he is saying, yes, These documents are declassified. Initially, he said he declassified these documents based on a standing order. Remember that proclamation? Well, in order for that to work as a legal defense or affirmative defense, you must find at least one person who heard the standing order. He could find nobody, no one corroborated the standing order. So now he says, here's what I will say. I will say that I thought it in my brain and because of my thought, It is thus declassified, I corroborate me. Let's go beyond that. He's now saying, well, it looks as if they were trying to find Hillary Clinton's emails or maybe Russia, Russia, Russia. Or perhaps how they spied on his campaign. This is simply misdirection. So here's the thing, Trump, if the documents are declassified as you suggest, that means they are declassified not for you, but for us we would have access to that. And if you did declassify these documents, why is it that we don't have access to them? Why will your attorneys not expose what was in the material? Or can you just say it in an interview with Sean Hannity? Just say, hey, Sean, here's what was in those boxes that I declassified. Because Trump, if you really believe you declassified those documents, why would you be afraid to tell us what it is, what's in them? What content rested on top of those papers? Trump is a fool, but he's not that much of a fool. He's not willing to actually tell you what the documents were, because he knows good and damn well, he never declassified anything. All right, Trump and those close to him claimed initially, although not in court, that he had declassified documents while he was still president of the United States. But they have not offered evidence to suggest this. On Wednesday, the ex president took it to a new level insisting that he not only didn't have to tell anyone, but that he could do it without a word. All he needed was his mind. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying it's declassified. Even by thinking about it, exact quote. Let me be very clear. Trump is absolutely 100% incorrect. There's an established protocol for declassification and classification. The president does have significant power. Now, if he would have created an executive order, he could have set the parameters for how classification works. The president has that authority. Presidents have established and developed through a series of executive orders dating to the era encompassing World War II and the early Cold War. The current directive executive order 13526 was issued by President Barack Obama in 2009. Here's the irony of the whole thing. The executive order issued by former President Barack Obama in 2009 sets parameters that must be respected by the President of the United States by way of law, by way of statute, by way of executive action. If Trump would have simply changed that directive, he may. He could have possibly gotten away with it, but he did not. So the last executive directive is from 2009. The irony of this, that what may actually nail him to this espionage act charge or investigation that will eventually be a charge is a directive written by President Barack Obama in 2009. Let's go to the DOJ, the Federal Court of Appeals. This panel on Wednesday granted the Justice Department's request to resume reviewing classified documents seized by former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residents seized from the residence for its ongoing criminal investigation. The ruling is a win for the Department of Justice after a federal judge temporarily blocked investigators from examining Trump's storage of the sensitive document records, which the DOJ argued would hinder its investigation. Now, this is interesting because initially Trump claimed that all of this information was declassified, and he did not want the court to utilize this in a prosecution against them. That was the initial claim. Well, his defense attorneys are not willing to say that these documents are declassified. They're not willing to submit that these documents were declassified, not declassified. They are saying in their actions that Trump did, in fact, steal classified information now while Trump may maintain they were declassified. He has admitted to Sean Hannity, he was in possession of the documents. He stole the documents and the only question left now is were the documents classified or not? I think that's a slam dunk answer, yes, they were classified. The US Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit said in his ruling, granting a partial state that Trump and I quote has not even attempted to show that he has a need to know the information contained in the classified documents, nor has he established that the current administration has waived that requirement for these documents, wrote the Trump appointed judges, uh, Britt Grant and Andrew Brashear and the Obama appointed judge Robin Rosenbaum. Okay, now where do you go from here? Really interesting, it seems as if every single avenue has absolutely no when in a court of law, even the pretrial dynamics that are happening right now, the pre indictment dynamics, the investigative dynamics are not in favor of Donald Trump. If he would have just closed his mouth, they may have been able to come up with an affirmative defense. Now that he has offered these statements on the record, which by the way, these statements can enter into federal evidence at some point in the future. The fact that he has offered these comments for the record will end up damning him in an actual trial. But we have an attorney at law on the show, she (laughs) can clarify things. Attorney, how do you see this? Am I wrong here?
2: Oh, Dr. Rashad, I was going to say that exact thing. You know, there's two areas here it's a court of public opinion and a court of law. And if I were his attorney, I would tell him not to be talking. Of course, all of his attorneys are either also getting in trouble with him or afraid to stand up to him. That's the problem. Because when he says there, he just has to think it, you know, that's not the law. It's a really bad thing for him to have said on record. It could easily be shown in a courtroom proceeding later. And here's the thing. You know he. Um, this is not surprising, right? He thinks he's clearly above the law. He acted like this while he was president. That as president you have unfettered power and you can do whatever you want. And those, um, you know, the Republicans really fed into that. You know, the first impeachment hearing where he withheld the money to Ukraine in order to get something in return. That was also a very similar act. Him acting outside. The law and thinking he can do it because he's president. But the president of the United States does not have that kind of power here. But people around him kind of allowed him to have that kind of power. He was not really taken to task for that. And so this though is different because it's not a political um, situation where his maybe um, colleagues and Congress can save him. This is a court of law and at that respect, it does seem really clear that he's broken the law. He's certainly not putting any kind of defenses. Him saying that he can just do it because he's president is not the law. So in that respect, I don't, you know, I think that this ends actually really badly for him in terms of like the legal consequence.
0: Yeah, we will see exactly how this continues to shape. But here's another dynamic: if the sensitive material. The classified information has to do with nuclear weapons or atomic energy. Congress created laws decades ago that restricted the president's ability to have access to that kind of information or to declassify that information. The prerequisite is you must consult with the DNI director. The director of national intelligence has to be consulted first before information that contains nuclear or atomic related matters can be declassified. So if that's part of it, once again, nail in the coffin. All right, interesting saga, okay? Tennessee cop does this to a child. We now learn this same cop is under multiple lawsuits. Here it is.
3: you I'm not
0: resisting. stop! I'm not resisting. This cop grabbed a teenager by the hair. Let's put up. Let me do it this way. Uh 18-year-old. This is an 18-year-old kid named uh, Taris Sledge. Okay, Mr. Sledge has been identified as a student in the video. He was taken into custody on charges of disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. Or obstruction of a legal process and assault. According to the affidavit, this cop school resource officer Tyler McRae and other school officials were called to the school gymnasium by the gym coach to assist with an issue he was having with sledge. This happened Tuesday morning, eventually leading the student to be forced to the ground and pepper sprayed before being arrested. The report said that the teenager, had told the gym coach he was not feeling well and refused to participate in kickball for class. But later played basketball during free time when the coach confronted the teenager about being apparently well enough to play basketball. He reportedly became aggressive and loud calling the coach racist and other names. Let's put up the picture of deputy Tyler McRae, uh, then this deputy reportedly put his hands on Sledge's shoulder. He says to calm him down, so an arrest would not have to happen. McRae said Sledge, uh, blade it off, whatever the hell that means. That was his terminology, Bladed off and told him he had five seconds to get his hands off. And that's when McRae claims he felt threatened by Sledge. This is a student in a high school who decided he did not want to play one sport and played another. The coach gets angry, there's a back and forth. Instead of the coach saying, go to the principal's office. Instead of the coach saying, I'm going to send a letter to your home. I'm going to contact your parents, I'm going to write you up. I'm going to recommend you for in school suspension. I'm going to make you stay after school for some kind of discipline, whatever. Instead of any of that, he says, let me call the police. Let me call a gun to handle this. Let me call a cop to deal with you. Why? The cop comes. he physically touches the teenager Once again, the cop admits teenager was not under arrest. There was nothing criminal at all happening in that moment. The cop had no right to put his hands on somebody else's child inside of that school, period, but he did. And the child said, you got five seconds to get your hands off me. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that statement. The cop then needed to do what? To put the child in his place. Sledge then reportedly stepped up to McCray. This is part of McCray's report before returning to the bleachers and putting his backpack on, ignoring commands from the deputy to return. Remember, he's not under arrest, he has the ability to walk away. According to the affidavit, Deputy McCray then took Sledge by the arm and placed him under arrest, which Sledge resisted. McCray then grabbed Sledge by the hair and forced him to the stairs of the bleachers. You know, is it not ironic that you can be arrested for resisting arrest when you were not under arrest in the first place? How does that work? You get arrested for resisting arrest even though you were never under arrest. You had no crime prerequisite to be arrested, nothing. There's more, the report continues to say, Sledge allegedly ignored several more of the deputy's commands, including to remove his backpack so he could be handcuffed. Prompting this school resource officer to pepper spray the teenager, pepper sprayed him in the face. According to his report, he only did that in order to gain compliance. The affidavit also says a PR 24 baton was used to unlock his hands during the altercation. Sledge the teenager refused medical attention from the school, but later told me he needed emergency medical attention, reportedly stating yes. When you were using the stick on me, prying my arm, I think you broke it. The student's father arrived at the school shortly after and Sledge was taken um, to Hamilton County Jail. A nurse at the jail cleared Sledge of any broken bones. Let's go to the sheriff, let's put his picture up here, okay? Hamilton County Sheriff, his name is Austin Garrett. Austin. The good sheriff of Hamilton County said in a statement. The video does not tell the whole story. Adding the department plans on releasing the full body camera video of the incident. Well, good for you. I'm glad you will, okay? I look forward to airing it when that happens. Additionally, local three news, all right? The local news of that area also learned the deputy and sheriff. I hope you're listening. Your deputy. In the incident, it's the same one involved in several ongoing civil rights lawsuits today, multiple civil rights lawsuits against one deputy. According to the lawsuit, McRae is accused of fondling and groping underage girls during a traffic stop. Let's put the sheriff back up, okay? So sheriff since you got some video. I'm asking for others to send me video on your deputy. Because I don't believe this is the first time your deputy has responded this way to a young person. Now, why in the hell do you have a deputy who's a certified school resource officer currently on investigation for molesting a child? Why is that sheriff currently on investigation for fondling underage girls during a traffic stop currently has a civil investigation. A civil lawsuit right now for fondling underage girls working inside of a school building. It seems to me, Sheriff, you and your deputy McCray, you all have more to answer than this 18 year old kid who was having a bad day. Miss Doll, it is insane to me for a cop to work inside of a school system and be under a civil lawsuit for fundling underage children. What are your thoughts here?
2: Absolutely, and it goes to, we've talked about this a lot because I love how you focus on children's issues a lot. We don't care enough about children in this country. It is too easy for people in power to ignore their rights or certainly not protect their rights enough because it takes the parent to say something and parents are working or they're busy and they may not know. Frankly, everything that's going on in a school, and so it's way too easy for that person in charge, the sheriff here, you know, to do that. He's maybe not getting enough complaints or enough to make him make his job a little bit more difficult. And that's really awful because the sheriff should know better. You know, we have to protect our children. And the, here's the thing too: is we've talked about you know systemic issues, and then there's also the bad apples. And Over and over, the bad apples tend to be repeat offenders. And so the fact that this police officer already has civil uh, lawsuits. I'm not surprised because it tends to be that one person tends to do multiple things. It's usually not like the first time they have misused their power. And that's certainly what this is, was an abuse of his power. And if this doesn't become a check on him, The next situation might end a lot worse because that's how we see it. The person uh, sometimes it progresses and gets gets even worse. So I I hope that your story here is highlighting certainly um, they did not protect the children enough by putting this um, officer in there. And now they are on notice to do better.
0: Everybody failed this teenager from his coach, how he handled the situation to this school resource officer. I know some school resource officers, a few of them are my friends. These individuals give a damn. They're like mentors inside of those schools. They would never treat a student like that. All right, so you see that story of that student, right? Here's another one. And you will see very clearly how things are very different for this individual. Here it is.
2: Have a seat on the ground, have a seat. I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting. Back up, back up. I'm not sick. Put your hands behind your back. I'm going I will tase you, sir. Touch the vehicle. Put your hands on the now.
3: Up now. Hey,
1: get, your, get your cops, get your cops. Shut up. Shut up. You don't do that to a woman. Do you understand me? Hop or not, you don't
0: do that to a woman. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not saying he should be dead. I am saying, however, that Fred Gray should be alive. George Floyd should be alive. Let's put up his picture, um, he did not die, he was not shot. They did not attempt to kill him for fighting the police. As a matter of fact, she did not even say, I'm going to shoot you. She did not even pull out her gun, threatened to taste him at one point, but that's it. Driver has been identified as 64 year old David Cowback. This was a recently released dash cam footage shows moments leading up to an altercation between a female police officer and David Calbeck. He was booked at the Willoughby Police Department and transferred to the Lake County Jail. Recordings from the police officer Stacy Wright, that's her name, show her approaching him and the vehicle after she pulled him over for speeding. Wright can be heard telling Calbeck she clocked him at 57 in a 35, okay? You saw the video. Now, I'm always, always encouraging the, pres- the preservation of life. It's a good thing. My point is, when a cop tells you they had no choice. When a police officer says that they're just doing what they were trained to do. I want you to remember what happened in this story. That police officer acted in a way that valued the life of that 64 year old white male. It did not dawn upon this officer that his life had no value. This officer did not want to exterminate this person because of a traffic ticket or even because of him fighting her. She still wanted him to live. She was upset. She was aggressive. Yes, she had to be. She was combative. It was necessary. She was physical. It was required she did not make a move to kill him, why? Because internally inside of her, she valued his life. She valued the community that he comes from. She valued him as a person, even if she did not like him in that moment. Ms. Dahl thoughts here.
2: I was just thinking that I bet other female officers that were slightly horrified by that video because it makes it look like she could not handle the suspect, which I'm sure many other female officers are able to do that. That is their job. She definitely put herself into a situation where he could have easily drawn her gun and used it against her. So I imagine she did break a whole bunch of different protocols. Like you said, it doesn't seem at any point in time she thought to shoot him because she certainly doesn't say it, um, and she's not trigger happy. But I do think the way she handled it is probably a bad message um, as if she needed the help of uh, these other men. And I and I think there's a lot of female officers out there who probably could handle have handled that themselves
0: much better. Yeah, all right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay.
3: Welcome back, we
0: have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments before I do that. Don't forget Ray Actions with Ray Bonner, that will be next. All right, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time twitch.tv forward slash tyt amazing show. All right, cool, so I'm supposed to tell you that I am being inducted (laughs) to the National Black College Alumni Hall of Fame uh, this week. It actually happens on tomorrow, very thankful for the opportunity. Uh, This is a rare club, it now, it includes Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oprah Winfrey, Chief Justice Thurgood Marshall, Ambassador Andrew Young, and a few other notable black leaders. Less than 1% of black scholars get the opportunity to be inducted into this Hall of Fame. I am humbled by the board's unanimous decision to induct me this week. Thank you so much for that. All right, okay, let's read the comments. We can see the civil head dragon laughing my F and A off. We could believe that Trump can declassify documents just by thinking it, if only he'd showed evidence in the past of thinking. There you go. Next, TWT reporter says also just because he wasn't feeling well during gym, doesn't mean he wasn't feeling better later in the day. Yeah, good point. All right, Lynn says I'm curious what may have happened if four other guys didn't come to her aid. Yeah, that's a very good point. Gail, I think this is Hafner, member for two months at Indisputable. Thank you so much for being a member for two months. Gwen Maddox, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for joining. Let's go to Toolman underscore 1051. If Trump had the the Hillary's emails, he would have publicized them, not hide them. I know. It's just, it's a ridiculous interview. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they, you know, maybe they were looking for Hillary's emails. Maybe they were looking for the how they spied on my campaign. Well, sir, if, they, if you had those things, number one, you admitted, you have admitted you stole classified information. But if you had those things, you would have exposed them. All right? Okay, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would.
3: You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a You're Sunday? You must feel free. Right back off. I there's an African American man threatening my life. Racism and it's fun. No, this is Racism. It's racism. It's <laughs> racism. This is. This is. This is. This is. This This is. This is. This is. This 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 is. This is.
0: Karen, you're not you when you're hungry. Okay, we have not seen this before. This is a new documented case of Karenicity. This is Karenicity with a mixture of MAGA pride. So this was an utter breakdown. This was at the Las Vegas airport. This individual claimed that they were being racist against him. He said this is not 1955. And he also cited the FBI raiding mar lago He's very upset about that obviously, feels as if this somehow connects to what he's experiencing at the Las Vegas airport. And he wanted to let us know that he in fact he has a friend who happens to be African American, okay? Now, if those things do not get him out of trouble at this airport, I don't know what will, Karen, this deep, runs deep, Ms. Dahl, Thoughts here?
2: (laughs) I love this story because it was such a good laugh. We have so many serious topics here, and he's making such a fool out of himself. I'm like, just, it was hilarious. Just, it was really funny. I loved him putting himself in the same category as the president and just, you know, the racism. It was, what else are you going to do? It was a
3: good Karen laugh. Let's put it that way.
0: There you go. All right. Good way to look at it. Okay. (laughs) All right, um, one of those ridiculous stories that is true but kind of unbelievable. Imagine if you're in your work truck and people come up to you telling you that you stole it, it's theirs. Doesn't belong to you. You try to provide evidence proof. No, 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 this is really my truck and they don't believe you. Uh, Let's do this. Let's put up uh, the picture of the young lady. This is Nicole. Arlette Hirsch, a Harvard trained sociologist and an anti-racism expert, well damn, they picked the right one, didn't they? Says her family is considering legal options after her husband was detained and wrongfully accused of stealing his own truck. The husband is still reeling from the ordeal, is trying to remain private. Nicole is speaking out in hopes to prevent similar situations. Let's put up a picture of the truck. It is clearly, it is clearly a work truck. It is a 1995 white Ford pickup truck that he uses for his landscaping business. Now, who in the hell is going to steal somebody's truck and then do that to it? Okay. In the same community. Let me give you the background. He was actually parked. Okay. The truck was parked about a mile away from their home. When a man and a woman approached the Ford and started looking around and touching the items on the truck's bed. The driver rolled down his window and asked if he could help them with something. First said, that's when the couple told the man about their stolen truck. And he said, well, this is my truck. Sorry, I can't help you. And they continued to touch his truck. He told them, I need you to back up off my property and stop touching it, she continued. Hers said the couple went back to their car. Her husband tried to show them a photo of him in the truck four years ago. But they ignored him and refused to put their windows down. About 10 minutes later, Hers said he thought they had driven away, but at least two police vehicles pulled up behind his truck. Now. So far, these individuals are the only ones that committed any semblance of a crime here. I mean, they are touching his property. They walk away. He tries to do more than he's required. He finds a picture of him and that same truck years ago. Tries to present it to this couple. That wasn't enough. Cops were called, they came. At that point, when the cops came, He wanted to just go up to the police officers and just clear the issue quickly. Got out of the car with his keys and his phone. But before he could explain, the husband reportedly had the yellow of a taser pointed at him. And he was ordered to put his hands behind his back. They immediately put him into handcuffs. They did not ask him questions. They did not ascertain the situation. They did not even have a credible complaint. They put him in handcuffs before even asking for his license or registration or anything like that, Hirsch said. He estimates he was handcuffed for about 15 minutes before the officers asked if the vehicle was registered or for the registration of the vehicle. Even after they realized the vehicle identification numbers did not match, they refused to let him go, she added. Now she's talking about, They did not match the stolen vehicle, okay? So they have the registration number of the stolen vehicle. They then run it against the vehicle that the man owns. They realize, okay, this is not a match. At this point, officers, you should apologize, let him go. Maybe you get a complaint to your supervisor, right? The Oakland Police Department confirmed that the incident happened around 1130 AM last Tuesday. Officials said they got a call from someone who said they believed they had located their stolen truck and the vehicle on the scene matched the description. Hirsch said this is not the first time she and her husband who are Bay Area natives have experienced or seen racial profiling firsthand. Her husband was enraged during the incident but kept his composure so it would not escalate. Now he is very subdued, she said and hasn't wanted to relive it. Let's put up a picture of the chief of the Oakland Police Department. His name is Lerone Armstrong. Chief Armstrong is the guy in charge. Buck stops with him. The couple is deciding on whether to file a complaint with the department or through the Community Police Review Agency. Meanwhile, Hirsch also has been in touch with the Oakland Police Commission, which is investigating the matter. And I hope you all are in touch with a good Civil rights attorney. Okay. I hope that's part of the plan too. Once again, black male in a truck, people call. Oh, it's stolen. Police arrive. He's done nothing illegal. He's trying to be courteous. He wants to clear things up. He gets arrested immediately. Why would the cop simply not ask a question? Sir, we got a report that this truck is stolen. I would. If I were a cop, and believe me, I don't want to be. But if I were a cop, first thing I would do is say, sir, can you, can you please provide me with your registration and license so we can clear this up? I would say, obviously, you didn't steal it because it took us a while to get here. And if you stole it, you would have left. So let me just go ahead and clear this up. You're not the guy, registration doesn't match. We apologize to the person who called in, the dumbasses continue with your life. That's it, that didn't happen. All right. Ms. Dahl, as an attorney at law, what do you see here?
2: I mean, I think it just in outside of the law clearly there's racial profiling by the couple. And how the police handled the situation. It's really too bad. It's very hard to prove a negative like that. If someone's accusing you of doing something, it's very hard to prove the negative. He, in fact, had a photo, um, you know, which is too bad that the couple wouldn't let him see it. In terms of the actual civil lawsuit, you know, it's interesting because um, stolen vehicle, how the police respond to stolen vehicle um, allegations, they usually do show quite a bit of force because that tends to be the most. Like dangerous, a very dangerous phone call for the police, and I've seen it escalate a much more than this when they get a stolen phone call. But still, as you say, really the question for the lawsuit would be how? What did they do? How long were they in handcuffs after they saw that the vehicle registration didn't match? Like you said, they should have immediately apologized and let him go. And if they didn't. At that point, it's basically an unlawful detainer from any Mm. moment past that. And that's what I would focus on, like if I were their attorney or an attorney in their
0: case. I think that's a great observation. You're saying after they exhausted their investigation. Basically, it was proven clearly this truck was not stolen. Now you start the countdown, how long did it take them to release The individual who never should have been arrested in the first place or in handcuffs. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, beautiful stuff here. All right, K Dragon battling for truth and justice says, love indisputable been a while, great to see Rashad and great to see you too. Okay, Bill's dragon circles the wagon. Imagine being the black friend that he shouted out, yeah. All right, let's go to, thank you Tracy Ravenhawk. Member for four months, Indisputable Level, thank you so much for that. Congratulations, Dr. Richard, we love you and I love you back, Tracy, thank you. Dragonheart, welcome to Indisputable Dragonheart. Lady J72, welcome to Indisputable, Shadow Dragon Dreamer. That Mel Karen was hangry. Maybe someone should hand him a Snickers. There you go. Made money in the building. Which queen of Oakland Dragon here? I'm surprised the police even showed up. Good luck getting them to come out here. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Dorp Matt nine underscore scratch mark. Subscribe with Prime. Subscribe for 24 months. Thank you so much for that. All right. Really appreciate it. Okay, Georgia students. Georgia students decided to come together and spell the n-word. Let me go to put the picture up first, okay? Here it is, they are spelling the n-word. School officials in Georgia now investigating after students spelled out the n-word on their chest in an image that has now gone viral on social media. Five West Lawrence County High School students were pictured spelling out a racial slur on shirts at a Friday night football game. These five students were part of a collective of students called Rowdy Raiders. They got together to spell out the phrase hashtag digging for royal gold, all right? Apparently these five boys were also making additional racist remarks to other black students at the game. This is Terrence James, whose son goes to the school and knew the boys in the photo. He said, Daddy, they asked me to hold a shovel, and one of them called me the N word. I was like, what? Let's put up a picture of the superintendent here. The Lawrence County superintendent, his name is Clifford Garnto. He said that they are truly disappointed in the choices of these students. Let me read this statement Important message from the superintendent. It says, Our Lawrence County School administration is fully aware of the derogatory photos circulating on social media outlets. We do not support nor condone any offensive actions of this nature. We are truly disappointed in the choices of these students. The environment and teaching at West Lawrence High School fosters love and respect among our students for each other. What is observed in this picture is completely misaligned with the values of our school and community. Rest assured, the incident is being investigated. We have to be responsible for our actions and every action has consequences. Let me remind you, superintendent, what you saw those students do. They are not contrary to the values of that particular institution. They are aligned with the values of that institution. And until you realize that they are simply an expression of the values they have. Until you realize that they are connected to the community you call loving. Until you realize that, you will always try to make an excuse and to other them. The reality is they are you, you are them. There's no disconnect here. You got some work to do, superintendent in your own backyard. I don't care what your press release says. They are an expression of the values of that institution. Maybe not the best expression, I'm sure there are others. But they are definitely part of the expressed attitude in that school. There's more in the Lawrence County School District 2021. Code of conduct, there is no guidance for racial slurs. There is a mention of racial harassment used in verbal or discriminatory form. It says these actions are strictly forbidden. Also in the handbook, students can be disciplined for the use of profanity on school grounds at the discretion of the administration. A student can face up to three days in school suspension and a behavioral contract. However, uh, the superintendent did not describe any discipline that would take place due to the, actions, the racist actions of these students. And here's another thing, Superintendent, let me remind you of what this actually is. Because it seems as if you guys in education K through 12 lose focus on the reality of what this does. This is called bullying. This is bullying. You should have an anti-bullying policy at your school. That anti-bullying policy has a guideline for reform behavior. That anti-bullying policy will also have a guideline for severity of punishment, what will be tolerated, what will not. This is not separate from bullying, this is bullying, okay? How about attacking it from that perspective? Ms. Dahl, thoughts here.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the fact is this happened on the school grounds, right? Although it was outside the day, it was on a football game. So they can clearly exercise their authority. And that statement, I agree, didn't have enough action words. It did say there was gonna be some sort of investigation disciplinary matter. Clearly, their code of conduct isn't explicit enough. It doesn't say, you know, what does forbidden mean, right? It doesn't lay out any kind of what the consequences Uh, So that gives it a little bit, maybe too much discretion for whatever particular principal or whatever investigates it. But also, I think that, like you said, the broader conversation, because not only did they do this, but they did this in a way that they knew the whole school was watching them. Kids don't do something. Thing if they think they're going to be ridiculed. They thought they were going to get support from the rest of their classmates. Otherwise they wouldn't have done that. So why do these students think they're going to get support for this racial slur? There's obviously a larger problem and it's not just these kids and that superintendent doesn't at all address that issue.
0: Very well said. This next story damn near brought tears to my eyes. A cop stopped another cop from brutalizing a human being. Finally, it has happened. We have it on video. Here it is.
3: Let us go, 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 let us let go, let go, let go, let go,
1: let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let
3: go, let go, to go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, go, grab go,
1: Let's go. Let's go.
3: Let's go. go. That let go, no, no, go let go, Everybody saw that. So
0: yes, Humanity. I'm gonna give you the background to why that cop saved that young black male. This was inside of a courthouse, Miami Dade Circuit. Grieving family was livid that a 20 year old man who confessed to shooting a 17 year old child was going to get away with it. According to the narrative, the 20 year old accidentally shot the 17 year old family member, he will only receive weeks in jail, he was previously Facing 30 years in Miami days circuit court. Michael McGowan was sentenced to several weeks of jail time followed by boot camp after pleading guilty to accidentally shooting the kid. Whose name was Giselle Rengifo. Now, When that family realized there would be no justice for this 17 year old. There was an emotional response. That's human, I get that. They were ordered out of the courtroom and one officer wanted to physically escalate arrest or whatever else, but there was a good guy. With heart and a uniform. You don't you don't see that. And I gotta say this, brother, you touched me. Because I know that you're not popular right now with the rest of your colleagues. I know you have offended likely your own supervisor. But I guarantee you this: you made your mama proud. You made your father proud. You made us proud. Ms. Dahl, in all of your years of being an attorney, have you ever seen a court officer or a deputy go against another cop in this way? Very public, very aggressive, and he was very dogmatic. You will not be arresting this man today. Have you ever seen that happen before?
2: I haven't and like you, I think it was absolutely (laughs) necessary and completely humane. And the thing that struck me in this video was the panic. Of what I think is his mother um, or his sister. And that really hit me as a mom. You can hear them just so panicked that their son is going to be hurt here. And now, actually, knowing more of the background that another family member was killed. I mean, how horrific that they had to be so scared for their son by a police officer. And so, thank goodness the other one did step in and protect him. And, you know, they were. Traumatized. This yeah. poor family who was already dealing with so much uh, was traumatized. Nobody should be panicked that their son is going to get hurt, you know, or killed by a police officer. And you could hear that in that mother's voice.
0: Yeah. The officer, uh, his name, according to the narrative we could find on social media, was confirmed as Officer Jules Virgil. Officer Jules Virgil, all right? He's the one that stepped up and interrupted this. Um, Arrest, potential arrest that would have happened. Okay, we got more on the other side It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, kind of pressed for time. We'll make it quick. Uh, Travel nurse dragon says that cop will be blackballed, just watch. Unfortunate but very probable reality. Reason and why says that cop is going down an indisputable history. That's correct. Absolutely will. Um, Sophia Smirnoff, thank you for that, Sophia. Today is my first day wearing my I wish you Karen Wood shirt from TYT Indisputable. Love you, Dr. Richie, and love you back. We appreciate you supporting the program and wear that shirt with pride, okay? All right, uh, top cap underscore glass dragon, big hugs doc, I know it's hard for you to do these stories. At times it is, at times it is, Um, and I'm okay with my humanity, all right. A couple, they go to buy property. They are racially discriminated against, how will surprise you, here's a video. Probably we not we won't be able to get along with each other well. This is how I know. But why though? Yeah. No. Do you think we won't be able to get along? With well,
1: this, this is my never personal payment. I'm inexperienced. You know, like but no, 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 no. Here's the things. Uh,
2: I think <laughs> I. But first of all, I don't do negotiation. That's
0: okay. That's, right, that's fine. Sick of the the price is fine. We would like to purchase it, yeah. and we're more than qualified. You know, we could pay for this cash. My wife and I own. This all the all the uh, land here right off of Danover and Pin Oak on Danover, my wife and I own that. We own a two million dollar house right here in Cinco Ranch. We could pay for this cash, but you're refusing to sell to us. And you don't know who my wife and I are, and this is my sister. And so we're coming here because we're interested in this property. This is my second time seeing it. You probably have my records inside of your database. And so being the fact that you're refusing to sell to us and which I don't want to assume why you're refusing to sell to us. I don't want to do that because you've already made enough assumption. Yep, you won't assume, but I will just because you're black. Okay, let's put up the picture of the couple who was discriminated against. This is a Texas couple. They are now suing after they believe a real estate agent refused to sell them three condos due to their race. Misty and James Ra Amari of Texas along with Misty's sister filed on Friday, September 16th, a civil lawsuit in the US District Court claiming housing discrimination and are asking to have a trial by jury, the family they are asking the courts to award them $2 million for the violation and to be able to purchase three condos after the trial. In addition to suing Josie Lynn, the realtor, let's put her up. The lawsuit list, Remax LLC, EXP Realty LLC, UMRE Investment Holdings LLC, United Property Management and Grand West Residential Condominium Association, Inc. Remax Realty said, however, Lynn no longer worked with them as of December 2021. Let me highlight a couple of dynamics that are already present. They had no reason to reject the purchase at all, there was no issue with the asking price. These individuals Are investors, obviously, they had the investment capital to make this purchase and to make the purchase more than one time. They were looking to buy three condos. They were told no. Part of the reason they may not get along with the community. What do you think that means? What do you think that says? Okay. The family has a history of including real estate as a portion. Um, of their financial portfolio. They do regular investing in buying and renting homes. In August, family wanted to purchase two units to lease and one for a family member, Misty's sister. Lynn, the agent you just saw, allegedly took them on an uncomfortable tour of the property. But still, the family was not discouraged. For them, this was not personal, but a business investment, which means they decided to Press on, we can get over the fact that you were rude during the tour. That you made us uncomfortable in the conversation. After the tour, they said, okay, we're ready to buy three of these. And that's when things changed. The lawsuit says the couple captured the agent on audio saying she would not approve the family to move into the three story building located in what is known as Katie's Asian town. Because she believed they would not be able to get along with each other well. She also told them she did not believe they could qualify for the specific type of financing that she was looking for. Well, damn, this is one of the simplest discriminatory housing cases I have seen ever. I mean, you literally have an audio that hits all of the no no's within about two minutes, okay? After James saw a flyer promoting the condos, he was excited, believing it was a good opportunity and it would be a compliment to his other real estate endeavors, Um, really interesting. But fast forward August 20th, right? August 20th, the realtor sought to stop those plans. She said since she was also the owner of the unit, she had the final say on who would be able to live in the building, Adding. According to the complaint, all the other owners were personal friends and knew each other, which means obviously she can speak on their behalf or at least she believes she could. In the lawsuit, the plaintiffs point out uh, point to the flyer saying it reveals the real reason why they were denied. Um, So the flyer is there. Uh, The building is an option for Chinese and Asian communities in Houston. Where many could live a safe and simple Asian life. The couple believe this substantiates their claim. Race played a part in the refusal to sell, that that nails it completely. Um, Here's the thing, okay, we're not going to do this, all right? Now, I love my black and brown coalition, love you to life. But anytime you start to adopt the narrative of our historic oppressor, we've already gone off the tracks here. Now, I would expect this kind of action and behavior from certain communities. I should not expect it from you. You know good and damn well what it's like to be discriminated against in this country. You know good and damn well what it's like for people to tell you no when you deserve a yes, when you earned it. How dare you decide to become the no to others and repeat the cycle of oppression and discrimination just because you can. Racism has no place. It doesn't matter where it's coming from, it has no place. Hopefully this becomes a lesson for those who are involved in any who would like to act in this particular way to discriminate against others because of the color of their skin and the assumptions that they've created. Miss Dahl thoughts here.
2: I mean, from a legal perspective, I agree. This is a slam dunk case in terms of both what they say the video and the flyer. Seems like there was clearly some sort of discrimination. I would be surprised if this couple didn't win. They'll most likely settle out of court because it's such a good case for them. And then, yeah, in terms of your point, I think this is really a good example. And we've seen this before. I mean, we see this in our everyday life, and then we've seen this on this show that you know racism and discrimination is. Not so clearly, you know, only, um, you know, every group can actually be that way toward another group. And I think that we need to. Kind of maybe acknowledge that because uh, if we're a member of a minority, we may think that we are above it, right? And that, and we don't always understand other minority communities, or maybe we're not empathetic enough, etc. And I think this is a good example of it's not just uh, you know white America that perpetrates this. Unfortunately, it tends to kind of be. Um, there's enough to go around, let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, we're gonna follow this. Obviously, they have requested a jury trial, uh, which can be very exhaustive. Um, And I expect there to be a settlement offer. Maybe there's a settlement rejection, but there will be an update to this story. Okay, remember Central Park, Karen. Central Park Karen lied on a black male, basically wanted him to be arrested for doing absolutely nothing wrong. but she got fired from a job because of what she did. She then sued her job. Well, the court has just ruled her lawsuit is a big nothing burger. Let me remind you of the original incident that made her famous. Here it is.
1: Sorry, I'm asking you to stop.
0: Please don't come close to me.
1: Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come off. close to me. Please
2: take your phone off.
1: Please don't come close to and me. And I
2: taking a picture of the
1: cops? Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops.
2: I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life.
1: Please tell them whatever you like. There is an African-American man. I am in central park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog.
3: <laughs> I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately.
0: The black man she called the police on could have died that day. That kind of emotionalism in her voice, white woman in distress. She weaponized her whiteness in an intentional way in order to have harm come to him. Everything she said was a lie, everything. And if he had not been recording, there will still be a debate about what happened to her today. Put up a picture, she now has another L on her record. Amy Cooper, the white woman dubbed Central Park Karen after accusing a black bird watcher of threatening her in 2020. Lost a lawsuit against her former employer claiming she was illegally fired and betrayed as a racist. In May 2020 Cooper went viral after the video showing her yelling at the bird watcher Christian Cooper and calling the police to claim an African American man was threatening her life. I always found it very ironic that they share the same last name, same spelling, isn't that something? Just a point. Franklin Templeton, okay, a holding company fired Amy Cooper. The day after the Central Park altercation saying in a statement that it does not tolerate racism of any kind, the suit states. Now that's a company that really doesn't, they did not wait. They fired her before the police got involved, okay? They let her go quickly. They said we don't tolerate it and they meant it, she was gone. No due process, good, not required. The company is not the government. They can just fire if they choose to and they did Um, after Cooper was fired. She sued the employer accusing the company of uh, axing her without an investigation. And she claimed in the lawsuit they discriminated against her. Now I gotta say this, her Karenicity knows no limits here. She literally lies on a black man weaponizing her whiteness wants to discriminate against him, wants the police, the public to discriminate against him for doing absolutely nothing wrong. She gets fired for her lies and all of a sudden she's the one who's a victim. Let's put up the picture of the judge that was not having it. US District Judge Ronnie Abrams rejected Cooper's claim that she was defamed when ex-employer Franklin Templeton, a holding company decided to give her the axe. Cooper claimed that Franklin Templeton and its chief executive Jenny Johnson perpetrated her image as a privileged white female Karen. By making public statements about firing her after conducting an investigation into the incident. Her suit filed May 2021 argued her call to cops had nothing to do with Christians race but rather because the overzealous watcher selected her as a target in a feud between dog lovers. She did not learn a lesson, ladies and gentlemen. Cooper claimed in her suit that her former employer statement, which received over 200,000 likes on Twitter implied that the company had uncovered details about her alleged racism not evident from the video. But the Manhattan judge disagreed. The contents of the viral video as well as the dialogue surrounding it both in the media and on social media were already matters of public knowledge. Rendering the defendant's statements inactionable as pure opinion. There it is, it was already out there, Karen, they did not create it. They were not the catalyst of it. They simply opined on publicly available information, perfectly legal and protected. Nina doll, do you see it any differently?
2: No, I I agree. So you in order to be liable for defamation, you have to make an inaccurate statement of fact. And basically their statement saying that this perceived racism is why they were firing her. The judge found that that wasn't a factual statement, that the video was out there, the comments that they had all made were out there. And they were really, the company was just stating their opinion about the facts that were out there and you cannot be liable for your opinion. Incidentally, that's why Tucker Carlson show tends to be protected because his is an opinion show and not a news show. That's a little bit of an aside. But the fact is, is we all saw that video. It was so they were within their rights, the company to make an opinion that she was acting in a racist way and, and that's why the company's not liable.
0: There you go. All right, we got more. On the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. All right, I can't stand bullies. This caught my attention. A landlord decides to do this to a student leasing from him. Here it is. is Have you ever seen one of
1: these? I've seen one of these. You know what it is? You know what it is? Well, are you gonna treat me with it? No. Okay, then. I just want to make sure you know it's here. you really stupid. I would protect myself. Why would you protect yourself? Why would I protect myself? Yes, did because I, I threaten you? A right to protect myself. Did I threaten you? Did you what? Did I threaten you? Threat me? Yeah. Threat did I? Yeah, I- Why? What if I don't if I go to the kitchen? What are you gonna do? You gonna shoot me? We'll see what I do. I didn't threaten to shoot you. But you said if you go to the kitchen and you have the gun with you, what are you gonna do? If I have the gun with me? Maybe you should figure it out.
0: So You think
1: you're so smart? So you're gonna shoot. You figure out what I'm going to do. What are you gonna do? You gonna shoot me? I didn't say that. I said figure it out, figure it out. Okay, I figured it out.
3: So go to the kitchen.
0: What? I will still go to the kitchen. Let's put the picture up for mass of this landlord who is obviously a villain and gargamel. The man is unknown. We do not have All of his information and the student's identity and the school he attends is private for now. But I do have more background according to you Mountain Episada on Reddit. This took place in Denton, Texas, a college town with few places to live. The cops were called, but they saw and I quote, no direct threat apparently. These are a few updates this user has been giving regarding the incident. Let's put those updates up. It says and I quote, I'm not the person in the video, just a fellow classmate. The guy's renting a room in the house. He was trying to move and the landlord was threatening him with a gun so that he wouldn't have to return deposit. The student, this is next one, the student is out of the house. Police have done nothing. School is involved, Lawyer soon, local news, no response. And then the next one, apparently there is a longer full video, but they're waiting to get it from the student involved. It says I'm working to get the full thing talking about the video. The student told me he had multiple videos of racist comments being made towards him and a full version of this video. Listen, I want to tell you that I heard your cry here. I heard your plea for somebody to get involved and to report the facts as they happen to you. Now, the local news may not have picked this up, but I decided to pick it up. I'm encouraging you to contact me, contact us so that we can get the rest of the story and be an advocate for you. If you experience this kind of racism in a a systematic way, which I believe you did, let us know so we can expose it, all right? Developing story, Dina thoughts.
2: Yeah, if he wasn't planning on moving, I would have said get out. I've covered enough criminal cases and you never know how someone's gonna respond. It's not even almost worth having a conversation with the person. And then definitely, I mean, here you are the best Yelp situation. But get out and do whatever kind of Yelp reviews you can and then go to the school because he is a student. I'm sure there is some sort of liaison for something like this. But if you ever feel like you're unsafe, I think the person should always leave and then deal with your rights afterwards. Because too many times uh, this sometimes can really end poorly.
0: Yeah, and I've seen situations like this before where a person will pull out a gun, make a veiled threat, slight threat, say things like this guy said, right? What you think I'm going to do? And I've seen them get arrested. I've seen them get charged with things like felony menacing, right? Um, that did not happen here according to the student or according to the student's friend. This did not happen when the police came. They decided there was nothing that could result in an arrest. Um, have you seen a person do something like this before where they pulled out a gun? They were making these kind, kinds of you know slight threats, but they did get arrested because <laughs> menacing can be an actionable charge. Have you seen that before?
2: I think so and maybe one here it's his own home. Yeah. That could have played into this. And it's Texas and they love their <laughs> guns. And that depends a lot, too.
0: I think you concluded it right there when you said it's Texas. All right. Miss Dahl, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people they can follow you. Check out your great work.
2: They can follow me. I'm on social handles, Ask Dina Dahl, Twitter, Twi- TikTok, Instagram.
0: All right. There it is. Reactions. Next. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? because the truth is simply indisputable.
1: Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show, and I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back.
0: Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police.
2: When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are.
0: A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is.
2: created redlining in this country, mm-hmm. it was
0: a white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, that's policy. A racist that's policy. Shelly, here's what, what I, I don't to. know. I don't know, see, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it, though.